Welcome back, people. This is episode 41 of season three of the Taxi Squad podcast. And you may realize it looks a little bit different in here. That is because Mr. Mike is off with his beautiful bride, and he's not with me today. And I can't expect him to do so, and that's why I'm doing this. So bear with me if you're watching this, you're looking at my lovely lug of a face for the next, I don't know, 45 to an hour. We'll see how it ends up going. But if you're tuning in, thank you for doing so. Thank you for doing it weekly. I appreciate it. And I'm just going to get right into it. For the strange and unusual this week, I thought what's better than just recapping the weekend because god damn was it a good one um mike got married out in arizona where he now resides and all the chicago birds ended up flying over there which was nice we ended up moving over to 100 degree weather rather than what is it today 40 in the morning something of that nature so i'll take it it was beautiful was it a little too hot for my liking maybe maybe i learned a little bit today or this weekend rather, about how I don't care for the heat, even if it's not, you know, humid or whatever it may be. So I heard that a couple times. People were like, well, at least it's not uh, like 100% humidity or whatever. It's still bad. 100 degrees is 100 degrees. Um, Wedding was beautiful. I had to be an usher and I just about failed at every aspect of being an usher. I was just having too much fun hanging out with the boy. And I think this was a record of amount of cries that I saw this week from the guy. So, you know, Mike has feelings. I'm happy that he does. And it was, it was a beautiful time. Um, college football, I'm going to get into it, but watching college football from a little cabana next to a pool, I've had worse times in my life. They really did a bang up job setting it all up for everybody. So, um, cheers to him. Obviously I've given him all the love and the, everything that he deserves for that. But yeah, cabana, college football. All right. Uh, we went into the weekend with a little bit of a love fuck because of the bears ended up winning against the commanders. So you can't complain. The flights never got delayed. I got there on time. Everything was good. My hotel was great. So love the wedding weekend. Congrats again to them. If they are listening to this, I suggest that they don't because this is just going to be a man blabbering and they don't need to hear my voice during their honeymoon. So I hope they're enjoying it. If you're listening, I love you guys, all of that, and I'm back in Chicago now, and it's hoodie weather outside of the you know t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. It's hoodie weather, and I couldn't be happier that we've made it here because now it finally feels like football season. I know it started a while ago, but it finally feels like football season. So without further ado, let's get a word from Henson Shaving before we start college football. This part of today's episode is brought to you by none other than our friends at Henson Shaving. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you already know that we swear by Henson Shaving. We've been using them for months and there really isn't a better product out there. The Henson Razor puts an end to shaving irritation and cuts while also making your skin feel comfortable and smooth. This razor is made by using CNC machines to aerospace standards. That's right. Rocket ships, people. That means it's made to very tight tolerances, meaning that the combination of how securely it's held and how minimally the blade is exposed delivers a smooth and safe shave no other razor can offer. It's literally one blade. Be be safe. Please be safe. They're very sharp. You twist on the top and you get to work. It's that easy. We remember the beard bet. 
You remember me shaving off the whole thing. If you need to watch somebody use it, go on my Instagram and check it out because it's really that easy. Cost ownership averages $88.20 every two years, which is essentially $177 less than normal cartridge razors. They're sustainable. It's precise. It's Henson shaving. It's got a nice weight to it. It's made out of metal. None of this plastic garbage. So please use the promo code THETAXISQUAD, T-H-E-T-A-X-I, S-Q-U-A-D at checkout and you'll receive a hundred pack of blades free with the purchase of the razor. So you go on the site, you add the razor that you're looking for, and then you add a hundred pack of razors, you'll get those for free. For most users, this amount of blades will last you two to five years depending on how often you shave. So that promo code again is the taxi squad at hensonshaving.com. Go check it out. All right, back to college football. So this weekend was a questionable one for honestly both of us, but especially me. I know I don't want to bury the lead here, so I'll go right into Notre Dame and how brutal that matchup really was. Um, You can't do this and beat good teams. And I think we came to the consensus this weekend that both of our teams are probably not set up to beat the big dogs. And I think that became abundantly clear. Uh, we want go into the weekend. Notre Dame is, I believe, eleven, and Louisville is twenty-five, something of that nature. This should have been a game that Notre Dame kind of took over and and did it, but the offense just wasn't there. Uh, they scored two touchdowns, two field goals. Sam Hartman, three interceptions isn't gonna do it, man. So they end up dropping to twenty-one this week. Uh, biggest rusher, five carries, thirty-seven yards for Mister Jeremiah Love. That's not going to do it either, so I don't know. I don't want to punt on the season. You really hope they end up getting to some bowl. Hopefully they get to a bowl, but 5-2 and two going into week 7 now is not what you want to see or week 6 or whatever you call it because of the week 0 that they have. It's just not good. Um, looking into like next week and how that's going to go, it just became, it, you know, it takes the wind out of your sails a little bit when your team just – puts an absolutely destructive destructive way about it this weekend so Louisville ends up putting up 26 in the second half and having freaking Mike in my ear like oh Vince you see what's happening what's wrong with your boys and the whole time I'm like they'll get it together they didn't get it together that's essentially what happened uh Notre Dame why why do you do this to me every year why do they always do this? I was surrounded by a couple Notre Dame fans myself, and that at least we can wallow in it together with a couple uh, of uh, pineapple high noons, and that's what I ended up doing that weekend because it was just rough times, rough times on Vince Street. But again, it wasn't my weekend, so it is what it is, and we move on, and hopefully Notre Dame can win something next year. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway as well with this whole Sam Hartman situation is he hasn't really had to prove anything against good teams. And I'm not saying that Louisville's a very good team. Obviously, they're ranked now. They're 14th in the nation. But Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, you're playing some worse teams. Like, how else am I going to put it? You're playing against teams that aren't to the caliber of what Notre Dame expects you to beat. And I think we saw he threw the ball 38 times, three interceptions, two touchdowns. Especially in college football, it's not going to do it. We all know his age. We all know the situation with that. So he should be a player that you can lean on, and it just didn't end up happening that way. Um, defense in the second half, just not good. There's just a lot to it, and 
I don't like to see Jack Plummer going out here and just messing me up. It's Jake Plummer all over again, and I don't need it. Um, so Notre Dame loses that one. They move on next week to 5-2. and two. We'll see how that ends up going. Now the next matchup that I want to talk about is Oklahoma at Texas. You know what I'm talking about? The Red River, can't say that anymore, Red River rivalry. Uh, I know Norman Nate was watching this one. And he has something to be happy about. I really had Texas winning this one every single day since forever. I thought that Texas is one of the best teams in the nation. I still kind of do. But when you're in a situation now where you lose to Oklahoma, Oklahoma essentially passes you, I didn't expect Oklahoma to ever be five in the nation. That's pretty crazy. Um, I'm happy for them, obviously. I think my biggest takeaway from this is – you can't beat Oklahoma if you throw two picks, and that's essentially what Quinn Ewers did. Uh, Quinn Ewers, going into the season, I'm like, this is a new man. And he has been for all intents and purposes. This is the first loss of the year. But even you know going into the fourth quarter, they were down by a couple. It wasn't—Oklahoma was down by a couple, excuse me, and Texas kind of made a little comeback at the end there. It just didn't end up working out. Um, Dylan Gabriel, solid game. Dylan Gabriel rushing the ball extremely good game uh he ends up getting a touchdown in the air and touchdown on his feet which is if you're Oklahoma that's all you can ask for and a big difference with this one too is they actually have a defense which I don't want to bury the lead on the USC thing but that wasn't really Lincoln Riley's you know call of grace was his defense situation so Oklahoma has a decent defense Oklahoma has an offense that seems to be humming right now and Again, throw the record books out when you go into this matchup. The Red River rivalry is always going to be a situation where these two teams want to beat up on each other, and that's essentially what happened. 34-30 Oklahoma. Welcome to the top five Oklahoma. I am jealous, and I hope that they can do something. I don't know if it's going to end up lasting the whole year, but shout out to them for getting there. All right. Alabama, Texas A&M. That game was fun. Uh, this is not your father's Nick Saban or, or uh, Alabama. Um, they did end up winning the game. If you played this game three years ago, depending on who the quarterback is, it might be a different situation, whatever it may be. Um, but they did end up getting the win here. I was under the, at least I felt this again in a cabana, chilling, absolutely chilling. Um, I thought that A&M kind of had the momentum for the majority of the game um, until the second half, really. When I came in, it's it really showed that Bama's resilience is still there. They're still coached by the best college coach of all time, probably. I don't think it's really arguable at this point. It's kind of like a Belichick situation. So, um, yeah, A&M should have won the game. A&M kind of fumbled it at the wrong time, and... Jalen Milrow did enough to win, and I know I've been an avid Jalen Milrow hater, and I don't think that anybody saw this game when they were like, he's the next thing since sliced bread. I don't see that happening right now. Three touchdowns, one interception is going to work out for you, and I just wish the Aggies could have got that win because that would have been awesome. Throw a little wrench into the college football landscape and get Alabama out of that top 15. Right now they're 11. Uh, not a convincing win, and they're not going to really move much on the standings against an unranked Texas A&M team. So Nick Saban, good defense, ended up working out. They go out there and score, what, 16 of their 26 points in the second half. 
that's not going to end up working out too well when you're playing a close game and Texas A&M just couldn't figure out how to score on the second half there. So that's Alabama for you. Alabama's going to do that. Alabama's going to beat Texas A&M. It's essentially like, you know, is the is water blue? Is the sky blue? Is Alabama going to end up winning this game? They did. They always do. That's how it goes. All right. The last one I want to talk about is Arizona-USC. And this was one of those sitting at the bar at the end of the night. We probably had a decent amount of alcohol in us. Some of us, you know, whatever it may be, myself included. Uh, we were sweating this one out. We were uh, watching it at the hotel bar at the end of the night because all these games go so late. Um, my allegiance to Mike in the weekend was hoping that they would maybe win the game. My allegiance to Notre Dame and my disdain for USC said that I wanted Arizona to win, especially being in Arizona. So that ended up winning. I did do a bit of campaigning after that Notre Dame loss because I'm um, I'm a hateful person, I guess. But I was like, hey, guys, we got to get we got to get USC to lose. How do we end up making that happen? Um, they really shouldn't lose to an Arizona team like this. It's it just doesn't make sense. Um, Arizona's not a very good team this year. They just really aren't. Um, and USC is supposed to be one of those big dogs, obviously best quarterback in the nation, number one overall consensus already. And it didn't go that well. It didn't go that well. 14 for 25, 219, and one touchdown for Mr. Caleb Williams in this game. We had a triple overtime thriller. So every time you thought the game was over, it wasn't. Uh, Mike and I were on our chatties at that time because the game went so goddamn long. Um, Arizona's not a good team, man. They're three and three now after this loss. They were three and two, obviously, last week. And you're looking at a USC team where you're like, hey, maybe they can be in a playoff this year. No. And we had that conversation. We were both like, hey, it's it. This is it. Like, our teams aren't going to be able to do it. This is, like, the most abundant showing of what they're capable of doing, and neither of those teams, especially Notre Dame, but also USC in this game, you can't give up 41 points to an Arizona Wildcats team when you have to play, you know, the cream of the crop coming up here in the next couple weeks. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, decent, decent game from the ground. Brendan Rice, decent game re receiving, but... Really, the scoring was so lackadaisical. You get 14-7, to seven, essentially, in, in the first half or so. Um, you end up going three, and then Arizona gets eight. They get seven in the first overtime. They get six in the second overtime. USC goes seven, 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 six, and they win on two. That's not convincing. They can't tackle. They can't defend. And now we're in a situation where USC might not be good. And I think that we can all agree on that. And it's kind of just, this is where it's going to go. We're going to get that USC-Notre Dame matchup. And it's going to be a lot less exciting as it would have been maybe two weeks ago. So that's my recap of this week. Let's look at a couple games coming up here. And then we'll move on to the MLB. But we, as far as matchups are concerned next week, it's not crazy. Um, but I think the one that we're all looking forward to is that Notre Dame-USC matchup. I don't have much confidence in my Golden Domers, if I'm being honest. Uh, 
we're going at South Bend at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Maybe that's going to be give them a little bit of a, a bump, but it's just not. For an offense that's struggling, it's a good defense to go against. Notre Dame's kind of a defensive captained team, especially with the coach, um, and I'm hoping that they can kind of keep USC at bay. Uh, I do think it's going to be a close game. I do think that the worst possible scenario for USC is obviously to lose to Notre Dame, but USC has more to lose at this point than Notre Dame does. Two losses on the season for Notre Dame, they're kind of going to phone it in, I assume, for the rest of the season. Like, they're going to win, but it's, they're not going to go that far. Like, not a lot's going to happen. Um, and then you're looking at this this USC team that's still 10th in the nation, even after that triple overtime thriller against Arizona. But, you know, can't apologize for a win. But it's just not the way you want to win. So, however this is going to work out, USC is not going to move up in the rankings with the dub. Notre Dame will, but they'll probably end up both being just under top 20. So, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll get up for the game. You know, I'll I'll show up. I'll talk smack to the boy. All those things are going to happen. But again, like this isn't like a hey, whoever wins this game might be in a, might be a playoff contender this year. It's just not. It's just not what it is anymore. And it'll be fun to watch. I'm interested to see how Notre Dame's defense tries to stop Caleb Williams. And I'm interesting if they interested if they can stop him from do or actually make him do what he did last week because that that was good that was good I enjoyed I enjoyed him showing a little bit of struggle because it's like he's been Superman and every now and then you got to see him you know take his suit off and become a real person again a couple other matchups if you're looking at Miami versus UNC Miami dropped a game this week not looking good, but they're still in the top 25, holding on for dear life at 25. UNC, this is a Drake May game. Drake May is likely going to be the second quarterback taken in the draft. He might be two overall. And he's had a pretty decent season. I mean, UNC being a top 15 team is always good. They've been pretty good for the last couple of years here. Um, and this is a situation where Drake May can show out. This is getting his draft stock up a little bit. And Miami's got to kind of make do a get-right game. This is a get-right game going on right now. Um, probably the most anticipated matchup for everybody in college football right now is going to be this Oregon-Washington team. We've been clearly, clearly all about Washington this year. Um, Washington's been unbelievable. Um, from quarterback play, solid defense, like everything seems to be clicking for them. And they're one of those sneaky teams that maybe are going to be able to get in there. Um the defensive line for Washington is pretty scary. Uh, edge washer, why edge washer? Excuse me, edge rusher wise. Uh, this is going to be a big battle for the Oregon Ducks up front. So, can they protect a quarterback? Can they make this happen for them? I think that Washington takes this one. This is going to be really close. I'm going to take Washington for that. And then really besides that, it's like you have that Arkansas-Alabama game and you're interested to see how they play against Arkansas given how A&M went last week. And I know A&M loves to try to beat Alabama every year. Um, Auburn-LSU. LSU has shown some of their flaws this year and it seems like Auburn kind of has that little piece to them where they are kind of just trying to ruin people's seasons. They're not going to go anywhere this year, but they're good enough to actually make a difference against 
you know, one of those ranked teams. So I'm obviously going to take the Domers. I like my guys. It is what it is. I'm hoping that they win. Um, UCLA, Oregon State, that's a fun one too in the middle. But really these matchups this week, it comes down to that USC game and it comes down, USC-Notre Dame game, and it comes down to that Oregon-Washington game. So we'll see how that ends up working out. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to watch either way because I like to watch football. I don't know what gave it away, but I like to watch football. Um, okay, moving on. The MLB, the playoffs are underway. Uh, this is interesting to me. This is really interesting to me. Uh, the first thing I want to say about the Twins, they're playing the Houston Astros right now. The Twins, last week we said this, and everybody else did too. They broke the streak of not winning a game in essentially my lifetime in the playoffs. Not actually, but it was a long, long time. They ended up beating the Blue Jays 2-0, which is what I called, if you do remember, because I don't think the Blue Jays are that clutch. They're especially young, too. I didn't know if that was going to work out. Now, Minnesota, at the time of this recording, is down to one against the Astros. And this is one of the first times where I have to root for an AL Central team. I really don't want to do that. Uh, Minnesota doesn't have Josh Donaldson anymore, so that kind of just takes away the, the super hate that I used to have against this team. Um, but I just don't want to see Houston win. I think that's kind of a consensus between a lot of people. Like, we're kind of just sick of seeing Houston being good. Um, so you want Minnesota to win this. Do I think they're going to? No. Especially now because Houston essentially needs to win one more game and they're done. Um, go Minnesota for now and win next round. Can we do it that way? Can I root for that? Um, on the other side of the AL... Everybody's favorite young team, the best team in the freaking MLB this year, it felt like, at least on the AL side, got swept. I'm talking about the Baltimore Orioles. I'm not surprised that this is the case. We see this a lot in, in the MLB. They play a really long season, and the Orioles had a really good season. And now they go into the playoffs, and they play a team with a couple more veterans, like Texas is a good team. Texas made this or signed the contracts that they needed to. The concern going into it was maybe their rotation. But even that, you know, they pick up guys. They got Scherzer on their team. And they go in there and they beat a young team. Um, the rotation on the other end with the Orioles, that was also a concern, maybe a little bit bigger. Uh, you have all of your young guns, you know, like Adley Rushman's learning from this. You have Gunnar Henderson, who's a dog. You got Jackson Holiday, who's going to come up. Their window obviously isn't closed, and it's not going to be closed for a while here. So I think you got to be happy with this season. But, you know, that Seager, Simeon, Adelis Garcia, White Sox legend Dane Dunning being on that team as well, um, they get to an ALCS. And this is one of those things that kind of show – if you spend some money in the MLB, it will end up working out. Can that be the only thing you do? No. And again, like the Dodgers only won one, and they won one in the asterisk season of 2020. Um, I do that in quotes, but Abreu did end up winning an MVP. Um, and I kind of like that he's playing on Houston right now and playing meaningful games, even though I don't like Houston. Um, but yeah, they didn't win one in a full season, so... A lot of people are turned off of spending that money. 
this does make a difference. Like you bring guys in that know how to win, guys that have won before, specifically Seager, specifically Scherzer. Like these guys have won World Series before, and it helps. And having guys that go out there and their ice-cold blood in their veins is good, and that's kind of what the Orioles ended up missing out on because they're young. Um, so this isn't any, like, I hate the Orioles thing. I like the Orioles a lot. I think they'll be back next year, and I think they showed a lot this year, but it just, I didn't think it was going to be their year this time, and I've been proven correct, for better or for worse. Moving on to the NL, a team that's similar to the Orioles but doesn't seem to be feeling the heat at all is the Arizona Diamondbacks. This team is awesome. This team's a wild card team. They go in there. They win two games against Milwaukee. Then they go in again, and they win two games off the Dodgers. Milwaukee's been in the playoffs a lot. They they don't really do much when when they get there, so it didn't surprise me that much. I was in Arizona. There was literally no buzz about them at all, which is kind of sad because this is a fun team, and Corbin Carroll might be the best baseball player of all time. (laughs) That I know that's kind of like overdramatic, but it's crazy. Um, And then you get the Dodgers with, you know, all of their stars. You get Freeman, who's won one. You get Mookie Betts, who's won a couple. Like, you got guys on that team that know how to win. And they're playing against a young, up-and-coming team. You got Zach Gallen, who's a beast. Like, the Arizona Diamondbacks are nothing to be dealt with, it seems like. They seem like they're ready to go, and they're going to need it. Because on the other side... You have my most enticing matchup right now, and I think everybody's probably in the NL East. You have the Phillies going against the Braves. You have all the star power in the world. You got Bryce Harper on one side. You got Acuna on the other. You got Ozzie Albies. You got Matt Olson, who hit a bajillion home runs this year. You got a lot of guys. You got that whole Atlanta rotation with Strider, and you have, oh my God, why is his name escaping me? The freaking best guy on their rotation. What is going on right now? Hold on. Your boy's got to go to Google because he forgot and he doesn't have Mike to... Max Free. Jesus. Oh, my God. These things happen. These things happen. Um, Sean Murphy as well. You got all these guys on this team. The most highly paid guy on the team being Austin Riley as well. And then you got the Phillies, who are fun in the playoffs. You got that whole roster. You got Schwarber hitting like 250 homers this year. 200 batting average, 50 homers this year. Um, I think 42 or something like that. Uh, And you have what seems to be the best home field advantage when it comes to Citizens Bank. Um, That Phillies team is fun. And you got Nola. And you got... The rest of their goddamn team, that's just really good. You got Kimbrell, and I, you know how I feel about him. We've made our feelings very clear about how we feel about Craig Kimbrell on this podcast, but he seems to be playing all right. So this is a fun series. I think the Braves are the best team in the MLB, which is not hard to say because they were for the majority of the season. Um, and I think the Phillies could beat them because that's the Phillies. And I don't know if you guys saw that, but there's a freaking fly in my room. And this is not this is not good. This is not good podcast recording situation when there's a fly flying around. So maybe I'll kill one at some point in this in this recording. But if I had to be a betting man, I would pick the Braves. If I'm going with my heart, I hope the Phillies end up winning this. Them not winning the World Series last year was a really big heartbreaker for me, but 
if Houston moves on and if Houston beats Texas, you want the Braves there because the Braves are more talented. And hopefully that's going to be the thing that's going to make the difference. So we'll see how this all ends up turning out. We have a couple games tonight. So everything I said, you got to take it with a grain of salt because maybe maybe the Dodgers end up winning one tonight or something of that nature. So I miss you to see what ends up going on here. If I was a betting man again, I will take the Atlanta Braves to win the whole thing. What I think the World Series is going to end up being because I think the Houston's run has to eventually end. I'm going to go Texas versus Atlanta. Atlanta ends up winning the World Series. Okay, the NHL started yesterday for the Chicago Blackhawks, so I went ahead and got some opinions from a friend of ours that we were with this weekend. His name is also Vince. Not me, different Vince. Hockey head Vince. Uh, I myself am not a hockey head, except I do have hockey on my head right now if you're watching it. I got a beige and white and black Blackhawks hat on right now. Um, so I asked him. I'm like, hey, the Blackhawks are undefeated this season. They're 1-0. They start off really hard. Everybody's freaking out about Bedard. Bedard didn't score last night. How? What's going on with that? Is he ever going to score? Is everything over? All of the overreactions for a number one pick. Um, and I think we need to temper our expectations. And so does Vince. He says that they're probably going to stink. And that's kind of what we need. And I'm with them. I mean, you got to build a whole team that's going to last for a long time. They need a tank. They need to be bad. I'm not going to say that they need to, like, lose every game and get the number one pick again. That'd be kind of cool. But you don't win an entire Stanley Cup on one guy. And that is clear. And that's happened over and over again. All those Blackhawks teams weren't one guy. Uh, you know when you get to the playoffs, you start hearing all those names, and you're like, Jesus Christ, it's just an absolute power squad of guys on this team. Um, Wayne Gretzky couldn't win with one, is what he said. Um, he gave me a prediction on what he thinks Bedard's going to end up doing this season. He said his goals are going to be 30-40, to 40, which I'm cool with. Let's do it. I like that. Let's go. Um, and another thing that he ended up seeing is that he is a young guy. And he's a smaller guy. And you are just to be hit a little bit when you're the number one overall pick and you're a smaller guy. Um, he never got, like, leveled, obviously, but he was getting kind of pushed around. Um, he did seem like he was a little out of place, man amongst boys in a couple scenarios there. So you have to assume that that's going to end up getting better as the season goes on and moving on to seasons after this, but... That is what Vince was saying. Another thing he said is power play looked good, which is what you love. Nothing worse than having a horrible power play. And another kid, Kurchinski, made his debut last night too. He is also a teenager, so keep this in mind. Uh, and he said that he's hoping that that's our next Duncan Keith, number seven draft pick last year. Acquired in the Debrinket trade, so we need him to work out as well, and I'd be happy to have a nice defenseman on this side that's going to be able to do the Duncan Key stuff. Um, one thing also of note, uh, Connor Bedard against his idol, Sidney Crosby, uh, getting smoked in the face. They did the opening face-off, and Crosby slapped it back, and essentially it was like a welcome to the NHL situation. And you love to see it. I mean, if you're going out first, first overall, all the hype's around you. Bedard's been pretty even keel about all this stuff as it's been going. So, you know, getting Sidney Crosby out there saying, hey, 
This is what the NHL is like. You're not playing against toddlers anymore. These are grown-ass men. I'm still one of the best players in the NHL, and I'm going to prove it right now. Welcome to the NHL. That's fun. So I'm going to move on to the NFL after this. But before we do, let's hear a quick word from our friends at Liquid IV. This portion of today's show is brought to you by Liquid IV. That's right. The hydration brand we've all come to know and love is with ya boys. It's festival, outdoor party, and adventure season, and proper hydration is essential. You don't want to miss out on the summertime activities while they're still here. Liquid IV will help you hydrate and stay in the game. I've been using Liquid IV for a few years, and i found a ton of uses for it. Uh, going to sleep after a day-long soiree. This is the product that helps me rehydrate and recover. I brought them with me on hikes, long bike rides, vacations, and maybe most importantly, bachelor party weekends. The beauty of it all is that Liquid IV comes in a small, convenient package that you just add to a bottle of water and drink away. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the Taxi Squad podcast code T-A-X-I-S-Q-U-A-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, no spaces, at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code Taxi Squad Podcast at liquidiv.com. NFL Week 5! We're here. Week five has happened, and week five started off great. This is the first time this year that we get to start with a Bears corner, and I regrettably do not have a Bears corner, but I do a Bears corner roar, rather. But I do want to play this little snippet from our friend Mike right here. So here we go. I would say that I'm feeling fine drinking wine with the love of my life aka my wife on the Cali coast life is good no sport topics on the brain today you go crush it as you always do and I'll see you next week welcome back people all right I hope he enjoys his wine tasting and his fun times right now on his beautiful, beautiful honeymoon. I am jealous. I had to work this week, and he did not. And that's what happens when you get married. So if anybody wants to get married, you let me know. Um, I'm doing it solely for the honeymoon, but I don't care. I will do that with you. I love you, whoever you are. Now, a little bit of... (laughs) Or whatever he does. I don't know. I can't do it. I'm bad at it. Um, The Bears whomped absolutely smirked the commanders this is a team that we were like hey sam howell works out a little bit maybe it's going to be good if they can get the running game going a little bit maybe the commanders are a playoff team this year i don't think so anymore they're down to two and three now it was 40 20 i think we both took the commanders because we gave up on the bears and i think that might be be the move for the rest of the year. Just take the Bears every or take anybody who's playing the Bears against every single week. Um, I already know Mike's picks and he took the Bears this week, so I'm gonna go against the Bears just because I think that might be like a good juju move. So if I get roasted on this next week, just know that I'm doing it for the Bears. It's I'm doing it for that cause. So just know there's a rhyme or reason to this. Um is Justin Fields the guy. 
If he plays like that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he 282, four TDs. DJ Moore, eight receptions, 230 yards, three touchdowns. Absolute fantasy juggernaut this week. People with DJ Moore that are like, oh, my God, this is brutal. I don't know if I can play him all year. Yeah, you can. If he plays like this, this is going to work out great. If he's getting you 40-plus points, yeah, take him. Um, the thing I think we can take from this is Sam Howell, yeah, he's an unproven quarterback. He still went 34 or 37-4. 51, yeah, 51 throws. They were throwing the ball a lot because the Bears got out quick. The Bears ended up scoring 27 in the first quarter, or in the first half, rather, and... 13 at the end to win it. There was a tiny little bit in there where I felt, here we go again. This is the same thing as the Broncos game. They get off hot, and then it just ends up going down. The Commanders ended up scoring 14 after the Bears ended up put that 27 in. I'm like, uh-oh, it's getting close here. Bears come out again, score 13, finish the game. I'll take that every time. I don't know if I believe in Eberflus still. Like, I don't think that's really going to be part of my agenda as being an Eberflus fan. Um, his reaction to the end of the game where he kind of went through his checklist is not my type of coaching. But if it works for the boys, it works for the boys. So I'll take it. Excuse me. The Bears, if all things work out, DeMarcus Walker looked good. Um, the defense looked pretty good. If all things work out, I'm I'm cool with it. Khalil Herbert had a really good game. Hopefully that injury isn't too bad. He's not going to be playing this week. It seems like Roshan Johnson might not play as well, which means Deontay Foreman, welcome to the team. Not what I love to see, but that's why you go and pick up all those guys so you have a chance to you know, start somebody else that has experience in the NFL. In this situation, Deontay Foreman is perfect for it, so it's good. It's good. They win a game. If they can keep doing this, I'll be back in on the guy. I think Justin Fields is still a very talented quarterback. And if the Panthers keep losing, that means we're we still might get the number one overall pick. So we'll see how that goes. This is just the most this is the most Chicago thing ever. Everybody gives up on Justin Fields and he comes up and he starts playing again. So we're we've been hurt. So all the people that are out there like, oh, people were already giving up on Justin Fields. Yeah, dude, because we need to just give up on people quick because we don't want to be hurt again. All right? This is worse than any breakup you'll ever be in as being a Bears fan. So we know how it feels to be hurt. We know that it is a sad existence to be rooting for a team like this usually. But fuck, if they score 40, I'm in, babe. I'm freaking in. So... That's Bears Commanders. Shout out to the Bears. Let's see what they can do next week. Moving on, Jaguars at Bills in London. Cheerio, hip hip cheerio in London. Uh, this is a home game for the Jaguars for all intents and purposes. The Jaguars have played in London so often. It is kind of ridiculous. I I don't want them to move there. I made it clear last time. It doesn't make any damn sense if they move there. But if they win like this in London... The argument might be be able to be had. So 25-20, Jaguars win this game. We both took the Bills. We're both wrong on this. Our records this week were not great. Just to recap that so we can all touch on it. I beat Mike again. I beat him again. He's 6-8 and eight this week. I'm 8-6. and six. Um, My biggest takeaway from this one is 
Trevor Lawrence is good. Trevor Lawrence is really good. And Travis Etienne might be better. It's crazy to say. Um, Calvin Ridley, also good. This feels like a coming out party for him a little bit after he was suspended for essentially all season last year. So, or not essentially, literally. Um, so this team is good. I think this team is good. I think that they have a chance to win that division if all things go well, especially after that Richardson injury. It might be even more open for them to do it. So good for Trevor Lawrence. Good for Etienne. The Bills go down to 3-2 and two right now. I'm not that concerned about this loss. If you're going to lose, you might as well lose at 9 a.m. Central Time in London because a lot of people will forget about it by the time that the other games start playing three hours after the start time of this game. So Bills are 3-2. and two. They can run the table the rest of the year, maybe lose one more game and still have a three-loss season. That's going to do great. And I have breaking news from our NHL correspondent, Mr. Vince, he says he gets his first goal. Shout out, Bedard. Hell yeah. I got to answer him right now. I'm just going to tell him I'm recording. And I stopped talking to answer this. He's a dog. Let's effing go. Thank you. That's how I text. That is how I text. Um. Okay, sorry. That was my little text break. Um, that was my only text break that I'm going to do. Uh, so there you go, Vince. Thank you for like, thanks for letting me know while I'm recording this right now. Uh, it's nice to have a friend when I'm out here alone. So go Bedard. Good for him. Nice. Welcome to the NHL. My guy. Let's go. All right. Next game. And I'm not going to go through all these games. I'm essentially skipping and ripping, but I don't have to ask anybody. I'm just going to do it myself. Uh, Saints Patriots rip. Because this is the first time since I was three, just about three, that the Patriots haven't been a good team. Uh, they look really bad. And I don't really know how they get out of this. Mac Jones, 12 for 22, 110, two INTs. They bring out other guys. They hope that it's going to work. You get a lot of Bailey Zappi. People are obviously clamoring for Bailey Zappi. He comes out three for nine, 22 yards. That offense just doesn't work. And mind you, this Saints team is not very good. Um, they played close games. They've lost close games this year. Um, they're trying to win that division, obviously, and that's not saying much because that division kind of sucks. And the Patriots come out here and get shut out at home against the Saints. Uh, I really don't know what else to say. This is the worst loss in Bill Belichick's entire coaching career. I don't think it's hard to even argue against that. You had no running game. Your two running backs that you're going for, Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott, they end up going together for 45 yards. You have a total of 132 yards passing between two guys. That's not the way to win. Um, I think that there's a man that's on the Raiders that could have helped him out a little bit that they ended up not paying this year, um, who ended up having a good game for the Raiders this this year or this week, and it's just not – it's no good in Foxborough right now. It's no good in New England, and I kind of love it. I said it before, and it might end up happening, but 
before Aaron Rodgers went down, I said the Patriots were the worst team in the division. And I think even though Aaron Rodgers did go down, they still might be the worst team in the division, which is crazy to say. Because, again, this is the New England Patriots that you expect to go to a Super Bowl or at least the playoffs every single year. This is a completely way different mindset to be if you're a Patriots fan. If you are on the Patriots, near the Patriots, it's not good. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have weapons. Their defense looks shoddy and bad this week. And there really isn't much to say besides that. The Patriots might be bad. Mac Jones is bad. And that's that. And they're the worst team in the division right now. So, go Patriots. Uh, Titans at Colts. Quick on this one. The Colts ended up coming back and winning this one. Um, I think that's a very, I would say, good sign. But this is kind of a loss for the Colts overall. Because you lose your guy who's been injured already. This is the third injury he's had this season. Mind you, we're five games in. Uh, Anthony Richardson is out now for what seems to be six to eight weeks. The line isn't doing him any favors. He's been a lot better than we probably expected him to be coming out of Florida. And now you have Gardner Minshew, who's been serviceable as hell. He's been he's a good backup quarterback. We've learned that a couple times now. Um I don't think he's going to win you many games. Jonathan Taylor comes back in the game. You get JT back, and that game, snap. Anthony Richardson's gone. Won't be here for the foreseeable future. We'll see him maybe at the end of the year, but are they even going to do that with the rookie quarterback that they brought in? He looks really good, and then he's gone. And that's just not what you want, especially a team that wanted to compete for, again, an AFC South that isn't very good. This is a perfect scenario for them to come through and end up doing something and it just didn't work out so the Colts I'm hoping for the best for you guys I think the Jags are kind of kind of tie this one up on a bow especially after this injury and then hopefully Minshew can come through and play a good game and get paid or a good year and get paid so Colts I'm sorry Ravens at Steelers the Ravens straight up broke down the Steelers did nothing for the first what seemed to be three quarters, and the Ravens couldn't do anything. This is one of those interdivision games, similar to how that rivalry went in college this week, where these teams get up. This is a fun matchup almost every time they play since essentially when my life started, if we're being honest. Uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't able to get into the touchdown this week. Bad game. He's in all my fantasy leagues, and bad game for him. Kenny Pickett didn't show up until the fourth quarter. That's when he gets one of his touchdowns. Really, the all-star of this whole game is George Pickens, who I've been very clear that I think he's a very good receiver. If all things end up working out well, he's going to have a great year. And Kenny Pickett, I still think he's a good quarterback, but a lot of the buzz about this is like Kenny Pickett comes around when they need him the most. It's like, yeah, but you want him to show up for the first half of the game, and he didn't. He was 10-3 to at half. Pittsburgh ends up coming back at the end of the game. They end up winning by seven, and I don't know. I'm not convinced with either of these teams. I have the Ravens going pretty far this year, and this is not something that you want to see. So moving on, Panthers at Lions. The Lions are really good, and the Panthers aren't. Uh, Bryce Young is really small, and I think the Lions are going to be good for the rest of the season here. They almost already have the North already locked up. So go Lions. I'm a fan of the Lions this year. Good for you guys. Texans at Falcons. C.J. Stroud still hasn't thrown an interception. Good for him. Moving on. 
Giants at Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins are really good. The Dolphins playing against teams that they should beat, they beat them. Uh, my biggest takeaway is A-Chain is the man. That guy is so goddamn fast, and it's like he's faster than he even looks. Like, on the field, he's just, you know, cut, cut, cut right through every single time between the tackles, outside of it. If you're doing a pitch play, if you're running right through the middle, if it's a halfback dive, no matter what it is, A-Chain's running through. He seems faster than anybody I've ever seen, and that's compared to his goddamn teammate, Mr. Tyreek Hill. One stat for you guys, Miami has the five fastest plays in the NFL this year. It has A-Chain in it, it has Tyreek Hill in it, and it has Raheem Mostert in it. Mostert has one of them, Tyreek Hill has two of them, A-Chain has the other two if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's a really fast team. It's really fun. I think it's going to work out well for them going for the rest of the year. They're 4-1. and one. They're probably going to win the division. Unless they have a couple bad losses and the Bills come around to it, I think it might be Miami's division to win. All right, moving on. Bengals at Cardinals. Great Joe Burrow game. He definitely seems like he's back. Uh, Jamar Chase, this is like a coming out party for 2023. Uh, and the Arizona Cardinals are bad. So this is the team that you want to get right with if you have to get right. So they did what they needed to do. They took care of business. They finished it out. Go Bengals. Keep it going in the future. Eagles at Rams, not much to say. I took the Rams for some stupid reason. I don't remember why. Maybe I was just feeling myself. Bad news bears for me. Eagles win this. Eagles stay undefeated. Good for the Eagles. Second best team in the NFC. I'm sorry, guys. You really are. I don't know what to tell you. Broncos at Jets. Sean Payton does not like Russell Wilson. You could tell he's rolling his eyes. He's pissed off about this whole thing. The Jets are like, yeah, like, hell yeah. Like, let's get in there and beat these guys, especially with all the smack that Sean Payton's been talking to everybody around the league, and then all of a sudden they can't win a game for the life of them. This is a get-right game for the Jets, I guess, and this is part of the reason why I think the Patriots might be worse than them. They go out there and they play a really good team against a really bad, or they play a really good game against a really bad team, excuse me, and Zach Wilson does enough to win the game, and you got to like it. So Jets beat the Broncos. Shout out to them. Chiefs at Vikings. The Vikings are just going to lose every game on one point. They're one score this year. I don't know how to actually tell what's going on with this team. Looks like Justin Jefferson's out for a little bit now. And Kirk Cousins might get traded. There's a lot of talk about that. It's really hard to trade a quarterback midseason, and then hopefully he does something. That could happen, especially if the Vikings continue to lose like this. And this is one of those, and we, I think every single sports network, including us, have talked about it. You can't win all of your games by one score and expect the same thing to happen next year. And that's what happened last year. They had a really good year, and they won by one in almost every single game. And now the tides are turning, and they're losing almost every game by one score. So trouble in Minneapolis, trouble in the Twin Cities. We'll see what ends up happening. Kirk Cousins might be in another uniform by the end of the year. Two more games, Cowboys at 49ers. This is the best team in the NFC. Brock Purdy's really fucking good. I don't care what anybody says now. He's not going to blow you away with 70-yard touchdown passes. He does not have that in his bag. Checkdowns are amazing. He's finding the right guy, and I know the caveat to this is always like, hey, 
Who's going to play poorly when you have McCaffrey, when you have Debo Samuel, when you have Brandon Ayuk? Every, I get it. I for sure get it. Like, yeah, it helps out to have those weapons. But also, you need a guy that's going to play really well, and he has. And you've seen other quarterbacks in that position play a little bit worse. And Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty well for them, but I think Brock Purdy's playing better than anybody has in that system. And... They're healthy right now, which, you know, knock on wood, like I don't want that to change, but they're healthy right now. I think that they – there's no reason to think that they won't go to the Super Bowl this year with this the way this team is constructed. Um, the line looks amazing. The defense is playing lights out, and George Kittle is a funny guy. George Kittle wore a F-U-C-K, fuck Dallas shirt, and he pulled his jersey up. After he scored a touchdown and said, fuck Dallas. And I thought it was hilarious. I think it's funny. I like when rivalries happen like this. Some people are like, oh, it's so tasteless, all that shit. Shut up, dude. It's the NFL. All they're doing is mauling each other and tackling each other. Your kid can see an F-U-C-K every now and then. It's not a big deal. Um, Mr. Micah Parsons, who is the best player on the Cowboys. I mean, you could probably say him or C.D. Lamb, but I don't think you can really argue that Micah Parsons isn't the best player on that team. He comes out and says he didn't like that shirt and they need to watch out later in the season. And Debo's like, dude, look at the scoreboard. And I agree with him. You can't lose 42 to 10 and be like, watch out for later in the season. Like, you think some shit's going to change? 42 to 10 is like fucking unbelievable. They destroyed them. Like, there's no way that the Cowboys, the Cowboys just need to eat crow and move on and act like this never happened because that's really all you can do. All right, finally, we got Packers at Raiders. And call me a homer and call me a hater, but I don't know if Jordan Love is very good. Uh, 16 for 30 with three interceptions from a guy who, uh, like, the Raiders aren't good. And, yeah, they beat the Bears handedly in the first week, and the Bears aren't good either. But you need more out of this guy. You need more. Like, he gets the ball to Christian Watson three times. 91 yards, decent game for Mr. Christian Watson. And the Raiders only scored 17 points. And it seemed like the Packers just couldn't get the offense going. They scored three in the first half. They scored 10 in the third quarter and then can't score again in the fourth. This is not a recipe for winning. They had a lead a couple times in this game and they couldn't keep it. I don't think the Raiders are good. I just think the Packers are bad. So, again, call me a hater. Call me a Bears fan. Whatever it may be. But the Packers aren't very good, and if you want to argue with me that they are, they need to get some wins together to make that happen. Um, okay, so I'm going to make my picks. I'm going to tell you what Mike's picks are as well, and then we're going to get out of here. So I think we got enough time. You're probably sick of me talking. So here we go. Broncos at Chiefs. I can't ever take the Broncos again. We talked about this last week. That's how it's going to go. I have Ravens at Titans. I think the Titans are kind of on a high right now. Maybe not. Who knows? But the Ravens need a win, so I'm going to take the Ravens, and we're going to move forward. Panthers at Dolphins. Panthers can't win a game. Dolphins win this, and let me tell you, Mike took all three of those teams. So he took Ravens, Chiefs, and Dolphins. I'll take the same thing. Saints at Texans. Mike goes with the Texans this time. The Saints really won. Oh, my God. There's that fly again, dude. Get him. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Saints and Texans. Saints won by a lot this week. 
Texans are a chippy team. I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints. I'm going to go against Mike and the Texans right now. Um, we'll see if that ends up being the good call later. Commanders at Falcons. Commanders tough loss this week. Falcons resilient win. I'm going to take the Commanders. I'm going to go with Mike on this. We're both taking the Commanders. Colts at Jags. Gardner Minshew season. Yeah, I'm taking the Jaguars. I think they're going to put a couple wins together. Mike took the same thing. We're good. Seahawks at Bengals. Bengals need to get it going. Bengals with an atrocious start to the season and a really good week last week. Mike takes the Bengals. Seahawks are weirdly good this year again. I can't I can't bet on the Bengals losing again. They really got to get it together and get a couple wins strung together here. And if they're going to be a team that we think they're going to be, they got to win games like this. So I'll take the Bengals. We have Vikings at Bears. It's the shit bowl. It's the poop bowl, whatever you want to call it. I already told you at the beginning of the of the episode, or the beginning of the segment, rather, that I can at any right mind take the Bears because they're going to win if I do, or if they're going to lose if I do. So I'm going to take the Vikings here, but this is a play. This is reverse psychology for the Bears. They're going to hear this and be like, yeah, we're, yeah, fuck that guy. Good. Please do. 49ers at Browns. Niners are the best team in the M- NFC, second best team in the NFL probably. So taking them. Uh, Patriots at Raiders. Mike takes the Patriots. And to that I say, why? Because the Patriots are bad, but I think he's smelling the flowers. I think he's got a little bit of wine in him, and I think he says, hey, the Pats are going to win this one. And to that I say, the Patriots are so bad, and he wasn't able to see that last week because he was getting married and all that. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Raiders. I'm going to wait for the Patriots to lose every game this year because that is nice to me. Lions at Buccaneers. Buccaneers surprisingly good this year. Mike takes the Lions. I'm also going to take the Lions as well because they're that team. Cardinals at Rams. The Cardinals are weird and kind of good. The Rams are weird and kind of better. I'm taking the Rams. So is Mike. The final three games here, we got Eagles at Jets. Yes, the Jets won last week. No, the Jets don't win this week. Eagles stay undefeated. Giants at Bills. Give me the Bills. Bills can't lose two in a row. They got to keep up what's going on right now. Cowboys at Chargers. And in a surprising take here, we have Mike taking the Cowboys. And I don't know how to feel about the Cowboys, but I do feel like this is a classic upset spot for the Chargers to win this one. I'm going to take the Chargers. Mike takes the Cowboys. And that's that on the NFL. I appreciate you guys listening today. We will have Mike back next week. He will be back to real life. We'll see if he's happy or sad about that. I don't necessarily know how he's going to go about it either way. But as a reminder, please, we're on the YouTube now. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on every single one, every single place that you can stream a podcast. We're on it. So if you could do us the honor, if you're on YouTube, hit us that subscribe button. That's going to help us a lot. And if you're listening to any of those other listening platforms, go ahead and hit the download button and listen to the episode. The downloads mean more than anything. So if you guys can just go ahead and download it, you don't have to keep it on your device forever. Just download it, listen to it, knock it off at that point, and it'll help us grow and expand as a podcast and hopefully be able to do this forever. So please go do that. Finally, If you have a dad, if you have a mom, if you have a brother, if you have a sister, if you have a friend, go ahead and show them this. Uh, Maybe not this episode because they're going to be like, why is this insane man just ranting to himself? But do it if you like it. If you think it's fun, then that's great. Go ahead and do that. But at the very least, have them listen to an episode with us two together. It would would mean the world. Getting more people in this Taxi Squad community is everything. 
And we're here every week, so they know it can count on us. We've done it every single week for over three years almost at this point. Please, share it with people you know. And without further ado...